I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I may not fly private, but I am always privately fly. Yes. (laughs) I might be an actress, but I prefer my drama unscripted. (laughs) I like it raw. I like it real. I like it rough. I love it. I love it. 
I love a break in the fourth wall, okay? I love you guys it's annie's girls episode 198 and i am joined by one of my absolute favorite people on this world we just had a little therapy session before i was just like sharing my thoughts and feels and this person honestly like life coached the fuck out of me so i'm so appreciative to her for coming back to the people's people's couch guys it's none other than actress and host of the bravo breakdown whose instagram account is just like the number one place to go (laughs) guys welcome back sasha more i love you so much thank you for having me you are the best you guys we really did just have the best cry (laughs) sesh and i feel lighter i do feel lighter i do so thank you for that thank you for that Thank you for that. I lit guys just want to let you know, like I literally cried and I wasn't, I cried and I'm honestly trash. Also people that post on Instagram and they use cloth towels. I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. I use paper towels. I'm sorry to the planet. I'm, I'm sorry to the environment. Hey. And I use them as Kleenex. So I was literally oh, wow. dabbing my eyes. Were with you a doing the, did you do the Candace fold? I saw the corner sticking you up there. You know what? I'm, I'm demonstrating what I do. I am trash. She actually has a great, process yes with the, I think it's actually great what she does mine is kind of like a fucking you're just like a little finger little glove you kind of wrap it around the finger <laughs> you know so you can still make contact you don't like it too pointy you don't want to you know do any damage I there. don't I don't much like most most things in my life I like a little soft yeah it's a little touch, round curve lazier yes. a little rounder <laughs> gotta love curves here on curves in all the right places Sasha, how are you? I am wonderful now. I am. This morning was a slow start. I think I say that every every morning is a slow start. I tell myself, I'm like, hey, you know what? This year is going to be the year where I wake up with just like a spring, you know, a pep in my step. And it just never, it never happens. It's always kind of like a dragging myself out of the bed. Wait a second. You thought in this year, the year of 2021. No, every year. With everything with... Every year okay, I, I was do like, it. and I should like I should have set the bar lower for 2021. You're right. <laughs> I feel like the fact that we're having an actual conversation, including words and sometimes I like I don't know structural sentence, whatever, which I didn't even say in a correct <laughs> structural sentence, is like a fucking miracle. Know. You know, you're just right, like you're getting right. through the day. Give my, let me give myself give myself a break. You know, yeah, let's pat, pat myself on the back. On we're the back. here. You know, we showed up. Ags, I want you to take a second. Don't pause the podcast, okay? But listen to it, this episode maybe six or eight times. Just take a second, and if you're able to, just give yourself a yes. little pat on the back, or give yourself yes. a spiritual pat on the back, and just take a second to say, "I am here. Mm-hmm. I am surviving. Yes. I got through this day. We're all going through our own little fun little challenges." And just take a moment to say to yourself, "I am." thankful and I am grateful Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna make it through just take one I think we all need to every now and again just take a second to say I got through another day we're in a shit show right Mm -hmm. now everyone's feeling a little bit fucked but we can also just take a second to be grateful that we are still here honestly don't you think absolutely and we are exactly where we're meant to be you know what I mean I mean, we are. We needed this. I still believe that. 
we need this time to connect with one another. Like the amount of connections that I have made during this pandemic, the amount of relationships that mm -hmm. I have built on the Instagram mm -hmm. that I would have never before. I'm like, you know what? I have my people mm -hmm. and we show up every I day. Think it's, I think it's like one of those things where I, I personally don't believe that everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that you can find opportunity even in the, like the darkest places and points that you're in. So like the ability to look at this time and be like, okay, right. let's try to like restore our body a little bit. Let's try to rest our body yes. because we know we're going through crazy stress. Like the ability to connect with yes, people yes, yes. online in a way that you would normally do IRL. Like I completely agree. I think that's... Yes. It's become so much more powerful, and I feel like we've also, in some points, become more interested in, like, creative ways to mm -hmm, connect, mm -hmm, since mm -hmm. you can't necessarily, like, meet up with a friend for a drink, you yeah, know? Like, totally. It does make us appreciate each other more. I do also have to say, like, I don't know what this is. I'm so excited for people. Have you gotten the vaccine? I, I haven't I gotten it yet. I haven't gotten it. I'm so excited to get it at whatever point. And then hopefully get to a point where we're still wearing our masks and we're still being safe, but we have life open up a lot more. Like, I'm so excited to see friends again and, and maybe, you know, almost give someone a hug. I think yes. that's going to be great. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. And just, like, sit down at a happy hour and just, like, kiki and, like, not right. worry about anything. Ugh. When do you think, like, realistically? Like, I know the vaccine's rolling out, but, like, when do you think it'll be, like, okay, like normal um i mean i think dr fauci who is a version of grandpa america said something along the lines of like depend this is all dependent on the vaccine rollout mm -hmm, as you said mm -hmm. something along the lines of like maybe summerish which okay. i actually think we're already in february aka essentially mm -hmm, march birthday mm -hmm. month so like you know I'm, yes I'm you're skipping ahead month. yes <laughs> march went to like march 31 is like the month of sarah oh my god Aries, what? um i think so i feel like summer we're gonna be in a really good spot i just think like i'm i'm keeping things really positive and you know, from I, I hope I'm not fucking this up, but the whole thing with the vaccine is it, it doesn't stop you from getting COVID. It, it limits heavily limits the um, possibility for getting those kinds of uh, incredibly life threatening symptoms. And yeah. so we do need to be careful by wearing our masks because you could still be asymptomatic. You could still get, you know, mm -hmm. like. But we're going to be in a different space. Yeah. I honestly yeah. like. I think I think summer I really do I really do think summer I really feel like you know I made an announcement on Instagram I said guys I just want to let you know that I am in fact going to be having a hot girl summer okay so just, yes ma'am just need people to be prepared yes. I gotta dress claim I it from reformation I'm like ready yes. for it I'm like the the you know, clothing is ready. I might even wear eye makeup, maybe. <laughs> maybe even a bold lip that yes. nobody will see but me. But I know that it's underneath the, mask. the double mask. The like, double mask, yes. Right? Like, things are... What do you think? And also, P.S., I'm in New York. You're in LA. Los mm -hmm. Angeles. What do you think? What's your... What are your thoughts? Well, we just opened restaurants back up, uh, outdoor dining. Are you guys doing outdoor dining right now? 
Yeah, where they're ju- they're opening back up. Quote, it's like we we there's not enough time in the world for New Yorkers currently to talk about how much we hate Governor Cuomo. But um, yeah, we're reopening to twenty five percent indoor dining. I oh, indoor. Okay. Next oh, okay. Week. Okay. Okay. I think I don't even know. Okay, so we're at out. We just opened outdoor dining like on Friday. And I feel like, okay. you know, the restaurants here, I don't really know the, the stats or whatever, but they seem to do better mm. here than in New York because our weather is so nice pretty oh much year God, round. Completely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But so, uh, like, a lot of the, like, so I live in downtown LA and there's a ton of restaurants. And they have, a lot of them have just taken over the entire sidewalk with seating and stuff like that. So the next day, so we, they opened it up Friday, and then the next day it was like you, had, you couldn't even get a reservation. So, I'm, I mean, they seem to be, like, you know, business-wise doing well, but I don't know what that's going to do to the numbers, you know, because they said if the capacity, the bed capacity gets to a certain point in the hospitals, they're going to close it again. So, I don't know. I guess it's just we'll just see. I don't know. Yeah, and I just feel like we all need to give ourselves a little bit of a break, and I know that there is uh, an interest and urge sometimes to um, critique our each other and I just think like think in your head hopefully my hope is like the energy that I'm trying to bring is like people are doing the absolute best they can Mm -hmm. and just you know turn that energy into like how can I best protect myself and family members and strangers that I you know stand next to on the street like just continue to wear your mask social distance you know I'm trying to support my favorite restaurants as best I can with um you know take out and because yeah. I can't take the I have an underlying condition so I have to be careful so I literally I live on the upper E and so I literally walk to like the West Village which I did yesterday which I'm doing again after we finish recording to like pick up some friggin paleo bagels and like going oh to the gosh. East Village to pick up something else like trying to help you know you gotta yeah. you got it's like the ways that we used to experience self-care have adjusted mm-hmm. and I just you know, we're all just trying to do that. That's like the 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 story of the day is like, you know, do whatever works for you that is safe and hopefully gives you like a little bit of a smile. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. All of that. Do you have um plans for Valentine's Day? Well, I told my fiance that it's Valentine's Day. <gasps> yes, girl, I've been engaged. Wait a second. I've been what? engaged, girl. I don't. When did this happen? I don't talk about it as much on my on my on my on my Bravo breakdown page, but on my personal page, it's there. But I got engaged last December, like right before the the pandemic, all the craziness went down, and I just everything I is. Follow your personal. I don't think but I follow. It's you nothing anymore. interesting because I got engaged. I had an engagement party. I went to one dress shop, and then everything came to a screeching halt. And then I just, all of my family's on the East Coast, so I'm like, I'm not fucking doing it. Like, I just don't feel like I need to plan a wedding in the middle of a pandemic. Like, it's just not that, I don't, I'd rather wait, you know what I'm saying? And like, have our family be able to come and it be safe. And like, it's not me trying to like, wiggle my way around the CDC guidelines. Like, it's not that big of a deal. So we will plan it eventually. But yeah, so I got engaged last December. Here's my um, first off, B, I feel that I was about to say I need to see the diamond. Is that pear? It is. Wait, let me. There we go. Wait, I can't What's do this. What's the? Is that yellow gold? No, I, can't I can do see it. Right. There we go. Guys, I'm looking at like what looks like a solid carrot pear-shaped diamond yes. on a, ye- on a rose yellow gold. gold band. Rose gold. Rose gold. Apologies. I have. Rose a, gold. I love rose the gold. The thinnest band that I could find because I wanted the band super, super, super thin. I mean. 
I love, I love that. the it's, very... it's like it's like the diamond just sort of floats on your finger, you know. Do you know Catbird? No. Okay, I'm gonna send me, um, send me. Stay okay. tuned for the okay. stay tuned for the satchel at the end of this ap- episode. You're gonna fucking die for some catbird jewelry, Ooh. and maybe fiance needs to slide okay. into catbird whatever catbird's website. I'll put it in the show notes, guys, because it's very. They are known for very, very delicate, super, super Ooh. thin threadbare rings that you can stack. You wear oh, them all nice. over the place. I have a ton of them. I'll send you a photo. Like obsessed, and I think that they're actually. I, they it like changes you honestly when you put on some jewelry and also that's a did you suggest or that's a great ring and it's classic but it has that modern twist did you suggest it did you how did this i was happen? just like i we went and looked at some, a few because i i knew exactly what i want because i you know all the marriage stuff to me it's just kind of just for like you know family and the paperwork it's not a big deal it's not something that's like super important mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. like I know I love him we're gonna do this life thing together but I'm not like oh my god mm. like I'm not I'm not like you know we're getting married Brittany <laughs> Cartwright voice you know but I knew oh I was like god, if I'm gonna wear god. this ring every day it needs to be exactly how I want it so I got exactly what I wanted so yeah we went and looked at a couple places and I just knew that I was like just find the th- thinnest band and this was the thinnest one that I that we had seen it's a gorgeous and, just, and I the AGs know I die for like diamonds die for vintage diamonds and that's a beautiful thank you so much he did good so I never I didn't actually see the ring so I was like oh my god I'm surprised but I knew like it better be exactly what I said you know what I'm saying a hundred percent because you're gonna be wearing <laughs> every day that. I mean the whole thing you know what I mean I honestly, my thing is like, God forbid I ever get engaged, mazel tov to you, but like night, I would be a nightmare situation. I kind of want a tennis bracelet Ooh. instead of a diamond ring. Is that bad? No, not at all. Maybe give me both. Maybe, maybe both. Like a bogo. Or maybe you, you mix gonna, and match. You know, sometimes you wear, sometimes you just wear the bracelet, sometimes the ring, you know, depending on the occasion. That's what I'm saying. Um, Future um partners <laughs> in life slide into my DMs with a little, with a long, narrow box that just says, for my yes. darling forever. <laughs> just a beautiful vintage, maybe Victorian. I don't even oh know. My gosh. Did they wear tennis bracelets at that point? Probably not. Uh, Art Deco. Art Deco. Tennis. <laughs> So what are you guys gonna do for Valentine's Day? Well, I just Day? dropped just another a hint. day because you you're engaged. Yes, so it's like- I know, and I've known my fiance forever. Like that's the thing is, like, people that follow me on my breakdown, they don't realize because I've known him forever. Like I literally don't ever mention him because he's just like over there doing his thing. <laughs> Just stay over there. But yeah, I've known him for like 12 years. Like, I've, and we've been dating oh for like God. five years. We'll have five years this summer. So he's, you know, he's just my best friend. But um, yeah, so I was just like, um, there's a new restaurant that we haven't tried. And I'm oh. pretty sure they're going to get booked. Up. There's this place. It's called Pasta e Pasta. It's an Asian uh, Italian fusion, which is sounds a little suspect. But uh, no, no, that sounds great. It, they have squid ink pasta, and I love squid ink. And we've been meaning to try it. So I just forgot the name of the actual restaurant, but David Chang, who's so renowned for Momofuku, had a Momofuku iteration here in the city. I don't know if it's still open. That was like a combo of asian and italian cuisine there was some sort of like pasta thing Mm. that they were super known for and i'm gonna fuck it up um you guys can look that up but it's uh that i think was supposed to be like really really interesting because it's the fusion of the two that i Mm. think is really really fascinating yeah i'm I'm very curious to try so that's what i have been wink wink hint hinting at so we'll probably just eat that and just hang out 
I mean, my favorite thing about Valentine's Day, like shout out to Parks and Rec for making this a thing. I fucking die for Valentine's Day. Like I die for any no. excuse to put up some like insane Bravo related meme tied in. I'm working on something, a Valentine's Day surprise with a friend of ours oh. that will be up next week. That's going to be um possibly insane <laughs> you guys can see on my social that we're working on we're like i literally texted them yesterday i was like oh my god remember that thing that we talked about a month ago like maybe we should do that and so we're doing it now little last minute little oh my god we might need a stretch galentine's by like maybe a week but my favorite excuse is to like buy yourself something yes. so guys my fellow singles out there buy yourself something who can afford it who cares uh, credit card debt is honestly just a frame of mind at this point it's just you know whether you believe in it or not I don't know I haven't decided yet I'm certainly not paying it so let's just add on a little let's just add on like a little yes. bit of whatever little glimmery thing you know makes brings you joy you know we need to support small businesses it's not that I want that dress I just like want to support yes yes <laughs> so much that I'm using it as an excuse absolutely and that's where we are yes Oh my God! Well, Mazel Tov to you. Thank you. So Thank amazing. You. Hopefully, I was thinking maybe by like next summer, maybe like this summer, we'll just like get out of the quarantine, everything sort of come back to normal, and then maybe by next summer, then we can do it. I think because I want all of my family there from the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I think that's great. I also have to say, as like an event producer, my number one thing that I always declined uh, when I had the ability to decline work was. Um, uh, wedding event planning because it's a very very different kind of beast than any other kind of event and because it's very typically very very high stress because people yes. understandably so are feeling a lot of stress a lot of emotion there's the family yes. element to it everything else but I personally have always said way pre-pandemic to me there is nothing romantic than like a 10 or 15 person um wedding obviously mm -hmm. the groom would not be allowed to bring anybody that could only be behind <laughs> And then like a little quiet dinner after. I just oh, think yes. that's like fucking romantic AF. So if you are like originally guys, if you were planning a wedding or know somebody that, and you were originally thinking like a hundred people and now you're thinking like 30, yeah. you know, in 2020, whatever, yeah. trust, it's going to be unbelievable. I think so. It's going to be unbelievable. I think so. Just like the closest people that are really like in your life. Right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to do it whenever I feel like it's like you said, like, I don't want to deal with even even just a group of 20, 30 is stressful for me. Just like getting everyone yeah. together and with flights and stuff. So I'm like, I want to do it that way. But when I can like have time and the energy and not just like checking the news every other day to see if there's a spike in the COVID rates. I also wonder because you are a performer and you know, the output of that can be seen by a huge audience, obviously, both people in your life but you know everybody else in the world if that kind of changes your idea of how you look at your wedding because for some people you know they don't have a creative side mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they don't uh, obviously a lot of people you know work an office job or do something else and this is like their day to have the spotlight you professionally have the spotlight on you so maybe that changes um your perception or your interest yes. in what kind of celebration you absolutely have, you know absolutely absolutely i think growing up it was always it was probably more on what you were describing like oh my gosh it's mm -hmm. my day but yeah. but now it's like okay i love my fiance so much and it's like we're gonna be together mm -hmm. like he's just the best like he, I, honestly like 
the stuff he puts up with, it's embarrassing for me. I'm telling you, <laughs> sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, wow, like you really just are a piece of work. I hate saying that. I hate that term, but it's like, it is sometimes because I just will just like start a fight or just do something just, just, just because, cause I'm just mad for like at the world. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I don't to fight with you. You know, you know how it goes, but he just sticks around cause he's for whatever reason, he still finds me entertaining. Well, it sounds like he's a really grounding force. And also that's like a part of the thing with couples is that sometimes you need to have that spark on one side. But what's so important is to have the balance between the two of Mm -hmm. you. you Absolutely. You may think that of him, but his perception is because maybe his instinct or just his genuine personality is not as extroverted. It works. That you for him fulfill his dream of oh I wish I could communicate that way mm-hmm. and how appreciative he is to have you in his yes. life to provide that balance like it works on both yes. um both sides it's yes one of my friends was like don't sell yourself short she was like he might need to be stimulated he might need yeah, you there I mean, to stimulate him you know what I'm saying like some people like that they need that excitement in their life something to look at you know so I'm giving him something to look at that's for sure I mean, hello, and speaking of stuff to look at, I'm so glad that you're on AG this week because I feel like, I don't know about you, but at least for two of the three franchises that are on TV, I felt like that there was a celebratory vibe watching these shows because it felt like we were getting great content. Like I watched Atlanta and I was like, oh my God, this is so entertaining. This is so enjoyable. I watched Salt Lake City and I was like, oh my God, this is maybe one of the most perfect seasons that we have seen in modern history of Housewives. And then Dallas was also present. So, you know, like two of the three ain't bad. And I I would hold up this week's Atlanta and this week's Salt Lake City. And Salt Lake City obviously was done Mm pre-COVID. So maybe there's a higher expectation for that. But regardless, they exceeded my expectations and I felt like I was watching classic um, Housewives episodes. I was I was very appreciative and happy, and I want to get your take on that. On the Salt Lake City finale, or just overall Salt Lake? I mean, let's. Talk. I mean, well, you know. I mean, yeah, the finale is <laughs> a little bit complicated. Maybe talk a little bit overall about your feelings about Salt. Okay, Lake Okay, so this, this I season. went into it super excited, and you know, I, I I'm very appreciative, like you said, of Salt Lake. I am very mm-hmm. appreciative of a COVID-free environment and the beautiful snow and the characters that they have mm-hmm. given us. But mm-hmm. it feels, and I, you know, I don't want to sound negative. But it feels no, a little, like okay, that. it's a little bit of like the whole, like, 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 you know, like we all have been saying this of like, oh, they've read the housewife handbook. Like I, mm-hmm. I get that a lot with Jen and I get that Heather is the relatable one, but she is very much mm-hmm. like playing the part of like the relatable one. And then like the kind of like self-deprecating, like, I just, I don't know. It's just like, okay. And you know, I just get the sense that like they are very hyper aware of what's going on. Like a lot, we were saying, like it's like this is like the first franchise in a while because Potomac is what season five. I mean, the social media has blown yeah. up since even Potomac started. So now it's like they understand so much now, like how important it is to have a one-liner and how how great it is to have memes floating around about you and like how you need to have a big puffy sleeve in your confessional because that's the housewife's <laughs> signature look. You know what I mean? And you might, but better make sure you throw a drink. Better make sure you start a fight. 
better make sure you go uh, salsa dancing. Like it just, it just felt like they were checking like a lot of box and I felt like I was getting like slightly like housewife robots. But then there were certain moments that were dropped in. Like I think that Lisa is very authentic and I think that Meredith is very authentic. Mm. Jen to me, I don't like Jen. I think she is, not all, she's either a bad actress or she needs intense therapy. That I don't, I, mm. I can't tell which one it is. She's either trying real hard to be a housewife you know what I'm saying? Because she thinks that she's Nini. Like, she literally said that. They were like, who would you compare yourself to? She's like, I'm like Nini. And I'm like, no, you're like somebody that has watched Nini. And you're trying to, like, you know, be the over-the-top, like, mm-hmm. loud, like, expressive one. And I act this way because of my culture. Because I grew up the only mm-hmm. black girl. This is why I... So I don't really, like, buy what Jen is selling. But I get why other people, like, she checks the box for a lot of people. But for me, like, mm-hmm. I think Mary is... I mean... Mary doesn't belong on the show. She doesn't fit in with the women, but I think she's fascinating. Like, I am glued to the screen whenever she's on it because I know whatever is happening, it's going to be real and authentic. That's how I feel about Mary. And I fuck with Meredith and Lisa. Heather is not my cup of tea, but I get why everyone likes her. I just don't relate because of the black men fetishized. She fetishizes black men in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Like, I just don't like it when she's like, oh, yeah, I love black men so much. And then, like, you know, like, she seems like she likes blackness and she's, like, appreciative of the culture. But it's a bit like you have no connection to it. You don't know no black people but besides probably Jen's husband and her kids. So what is this connection that you're just, like, you've made up in your mind that you just are, like, so obsessed with dark chocolate black men? So that rubs me the wrong way. But um, I appreciate Salt Lake City and it gave me a lot. It really did. Mm-hmm. But it felt very much like put it in the microwave, stir, add water, mix it up, and then this is what we get. We get these women that, mm-hmm. like, three of them are authentic, and then the other three, they just, Mary's just crazy. And Jen, and, and oh, and Whitney. I forgot about Whitney. She's, you know, I like Whitney. I do like Whitney, but um, she's not that interesting to me. I mean, I think Whitney is most interesting in the context of this situation with Jen which feels to me to be very, I, I, I'm, I remain confused by it. It felt like Jen was attempting to take some portion of responsibility in the finale. And yet because she seemingly not just double down, but like triple down on social IRL, I'm kind of not understanding the breakdown, except I genuinely do think that Jen believes her own bullshit but she's perpetuating herself to be the victim in a dynamic that she in fact created like Whitney can apologize over and over again for wrong time wrong place which I think the majority of us can agree was the wrong time Mm -hmm, and wrong place mm -hmm. but Jen is the reason that there was strife in her marriage Jen is the reason Mm -hmm. that the other women don't agree with her behavior and her attacking uh, uh, Whitney and everybody else. Like Jen is responsible for herself and it feels like she's trying to gaslight the rest of the cast by being like, you don't stand up with me because you don't agree with me, but I'm apologizing for it. And I want you to understand me. But if you're yelling at somebody where is the space for them to decide whether or not they even trust you enough to understand you? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And then her, how, how her defense is like, Oh, well you you guys, none of you guys bothered to ask me why I was behaving the way that I was behaving. Like no one bothered to ask me. And the real reason is because of the way I was raised. 
Yeah, I don't know if when you're screaming at somebody, their initial response back should be like, tell me a little bit more about your own vulnerability. Right. Like, why would somebody put them in a place to be vulnerable with you if you're yelling at them right. and physically and emotionally pushing them away? It's sort of similar. I don't know if this is an incredibly unfair comparison, but here we go. Sort of similar to what Carrie with a K did on Dallas, where because she refused to take responsibility of her own behavior and was pissed at the idea that other people were holding her accountable, she slid in the little surprise attack of like using the vulnerability experienced mm -hmm. by her daughter to say like, how dare you hold me responsible? You have no idea of what I'm going yes. through. And it's like, sweetie, number one, we would have no idea about that if you don't tell us. And number two, that has nothing to do right. with your own behavior in the last three minutes. Absolutely. Like, just because you have something going on in your life, which shouldn't be minimized, doesn't mean you shouldn't be held accountable for the ways in which you're telling us you're using that as like the inspo in which to act out. Absolutely. I thought it was such a cop out when she sat there and said that to Lisa. And you know, you're real smart to say that to a white girl because you're not going to sit there and tell and and face to face with another black woman and say, oh yeah, I act like this because I grew up around a bunch of white people and I was the only black girl. So this is why I act like this or the only brown girl. Like it's ridiculous and it's insulting. Well, there's feedback that I got from AGs because I've talked a little bit about the um, 7-Eleven uh -huh. comment. And there's feedback that I've gotten specifically uh, from black AGs who have said there is a very it's a very different experience to be a black woman in this world versus a woman, someone who is a person of mm -hmm. color or a non-black person, a non-black mm -hmm. woman. And for Jen to use the kinds of comparisons yes. that she has or to discuss anyone who's a black person in the way that she has is essentially a little disingenuous yes. because regardless of whether or not she's married to a black man regardless of whether or not she has black sons she herself is not a black woman and cannot speak to the black experience absolutely and people who you know felt a lot of frustration about the ways that jen weaponized the 7-eleven comment against a black woman which jen herself is not was incredibly informative to me mm -hmm. as a white woman because initially I felt like, oh, God, like, you know, for Mary to say that, not understanding the enormous nuances around this. And also the fact that, like, yeah, Jen is a woman of color, but she is not a black woman, Absolutely. you know, and Mary is. I mean, that's a really nuanced way and um, informative way that kind of challenged the thinking that I had, you know, previous to getting that kind of um, feedback, yeah. you know, and I have to thank the AGs who slid into my DMs for um, being vulnerable enough to share their own experiences because um, it was incredibly powerful for me to read. Um, what are your thoughts kind of watching that dynamic and the ways that Jen, who is a woman of color, but not a black yes. woman has, talked about um you know even the 7-eleven comment or or anything else i i completely agree 
100%. And I felt that way about Jen numerous times. Like just, mm -hmm. and she uses the fact that also that she has black kids and her husband is black. But it just goes, it's like, you're not black. I don't care how many black people, how close they are to you. You are not black. Mm -hmm. And so for her to then, like you said, come from Mary, it's like, stay in your lane. Don't tell me about how to be. Like, no, you're just using the fact that you think you can call her out because you're brown, but it's not the same thing. And I really, and I feel like, okay, so did Mary say that? I don't know, but I don't want to go into a 7-Eleven with a bunch of dudes standing in front at all. Like, I don't know if what if they're black or white, whatever. Why y'all posted up front? You know what I'm saying? What y'all doing? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Mary was coming from that place and then Jen tried to take it out of context or if she actually did say it. I don't know. But I feel like exactly what your AG said. It's like, it's not your place. And then, to, and then also, if let's say it did hurt your feelings. Let's say it did make you feel a certain type of way because you do have black kids. If you really felt mm -hmm. some kind of way about it, you would have said something to her right in the moment in the car. But you waited until this moment, which is another reason why she's fake, is that you waited to this moment when there's a stupid fight going on on a reality show to throw that out there like that because, because Mary said, oh, don't get ghetto, don't get loud, don't sit up here and start mm -hmm. trying to act like what you think a black woman acts like. That's what Jen does. And when Mary called her out in that way, that was her response. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I have a segment on Andy Scrolls called Satchels of Gold, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. named in honor of Her Holiness, Kelly Kalorn Ben-Simone, yes. which are listeners' thoughts, feels, comments, concerns. And I got a satchel of gold from uh, Joanne in the DMV area who wanted to share her perspective as a black AG um, who says in part, you know, black people are not a monolith and should not magically want to be around any old black person they don't know just because they're black. Yep. What Mary was saying was more of a class thing than racial. And I think the Mary example is also a hypervigilance thing a lot of black women have for our own safety. Yep. Um, black people think the way to be, uh, sorry, it bothers me when non-black people think the way to be allies is to police black people. We can gather problematic black people as a community. And, um, that was her perspective, um, as a black woman. And she also discussed the ways in which being married to a black man does not mean, um, that she cannot say things that are, uh, essentially also problematic. Mm -hmm. Like that does not protect Jen against the ways that she's potentially attacking a black woman, yep. you know, yep. if that makes any sense, which I thought was, you know, shout out to Joanne. Mm -hmm. It was a, um, a longer satchel and I really, really appreciated, um, her thoughts because I thought it was, um, incredibly illuminating Absolutely. for me. Yeah. No, I agree with all of that. Jen is, Jen is a very, she does, says a lot of things and does a lot of things that really like, they're alarming to me. And that's why I'm like, she's either a bad actress and she's just like improving and making this shit up as she go and just like saying shit when really her real issue is her marriage. Because I'm telling you right now, Sharif, he's suspect. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I fucking die for Sharif. He's suspect to me. I feel like he is doing a lot on the side. Like, I just believe that he I think he's living a double life. Like, I think he's got a side piece for sure. No, the way oh something God, something so about him is just like, mm, really, you always gone. But then you put up with all that craziness at Jim, but he's gone the next day. Though He left for four days because he was mad that Jim, that Jen embarrassed him at the party. So he just left. She said she couldn't get him on the phone. He wouldn't talk to her. Like, who does that? He sound like Ralph on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, yeah. <gasps> he doesn't want to talk to me anymore now. Like, come on. 
Oh my god, I so disagree. Oh my god, on that point, which I love. No, I'm, I like. I'm on to him. I am on to Sharif. Okay, so I think that you know Jen, her drinking or whatever storyline she done cooked up, she's drinking and taking her pills because oh she's depressed because her dad died and her husband didn't come to the funeral, mind you. Yeah, which is incredible. Mind you, that's wild. Okay, that's actually wild. Because I would be damned. Wild. You better drop whatever you're doing and be right. Like I. Uh, yeah, that's a red flag. Remember when, uh, same as when uh, Tom, you know, when he didn't show up for Erica's thing, I felt the same exact way. Like that to me is like, oh no, you don't show up for my opening night on Broadway? Red flag. But I feel like the Ralph stuff, I think Ralph is a toxic person through and through. And with Sharif, it's like, I don't, I think because Jen didn't communicate to him out loud, she internalized everything with how she actually felt and her anger with him being away he honestly wasn't cognizant that it was as upsetting to her as it was because she wasn't communicating with him and I feel like it takes two like if you're upset that he's never there you need to say that he's never there you can't wait until six months later when you're blowing up at a public event and he's trying to hold you accountable for your behavior and you're saying well this is the actual foundation of it is like anger that she feels now I would think if a person's parent has passed away it would seem to me to be obvious that that person's spouse should be physically present Mm -hmm. for them but I don't know if she I don't know if there was a conversation that they had I don't know if there was any element where she was like I've got this I have no idea what the dynamics and specifics are for that I personally know that, like, if we're going to talk about, like, what you need in a relationship, I would 100% need my partner to be there. And I also think I would probably say something to them in the moment if they were like, I'm sorry, I've got an away game. I would be like, um, no, this is you need to be literally here with me and not just the day of. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the ins and outs of their marriage. All I know is the output that Jen is currently giving us, which is tunneling a lot of her anger against Sharif into you know what seems to be suppressed anger against the other women except if we go by what Heather has said in previous episodes Jen consistently behaves this way so like which is it are you behaving like this because of your feelings of frustration about your partner not being physically present for you or are you behaving this way because you always behave this way? And this is just the latest reason. That's a good I don't, question. I know. I know. And also, this whole fucking bullshit started with Mary. So I know. No one is Mary? confronting Mary. Like, I'm like, why have you not called Mary? Why don't you, like, I don't, I'm confused. That's the part that doesn't make sense to me the most. And also, like... Sharif and Jen have been married for 26 years, okay? And you have not had a conversation. He doesn't know that you want him around. Like, I, I don't... It, it's, it, did you watch the Wendy Williams uh, film? Her life oh story? Oh, my God, no, but I want to... I know that I 100% need to watch the documentary this weekend. I don't know how I felt about watching the movie. Did you watch? Did you I like, watched you both. I watched both. Okay. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, because there was a part in it that, like, really, like, something about this reminds me of Jen. But basically, her mom was like, uh, you know, Whitney's... Uh, Whitney. Wendy's. Wendy. Wendy's mom in the documentary said that Wendy has always been super outspoken, always been, you know, mm-hmm. the loudest one in the room, but always horrible mm-hmm. at like 
basically like standing up for herself. Like anyone, they would bully her and she would never say anything. But she was so loud and boisterous when it came to like her commentary and her radio career and stuff like that. But she could never like stand up for herself or like, you know, she would let people just run all over her and she would just never speak up. And then in her marriage, she knew her husband had an oh affair God. on her for 13 years. And she's on hot topics, reading people up and down for filth, but she can't stand up for herself in her own marriage. She cannot say anything to her husband that is having an affair on her for 13 years. So that it reminded me a lot of Jen. Like there's some sort of like breakdown, maybe it's a codependency, I don't know, to where she can have this like big, bold personality when she's like in the spotlight, but then in her home, like she can be very much aware of what's going on and not vocalize it. And it really made me think of Jen when she said that. Cause she was like, I don't know what is, what part of me needs healing to where I can be in a marriage with someone for 13 years and know that they're having an affair. Also like, is Jen interested in healing? It no, she's not. She's not. She she's not. She's not. <laughs> Definitely not. I don't know. I don't know I don't, what to say about her. I don't know what to, I don't do. know what to say about <laughs> Jen. <laughs> I really don't. Like, little dots. Honestly, if there were conversation bubbles of heads right now, they would both be like three little dots. Seriously, because I want to like Jen. Like, I find her, like, she's so interesting. Like, her look and, like, she's so unique, you know? Like, she's mm -hmm. what we need on Bravo. But then she just let me down. Like, you're tonguing. Just leave it at that, first of all. Just, you are a tonguing woman. You're not black. You're tonguing. Like, if, that's the first mm -hmm. thing she needs to do. And then secondly, she needs to go to therapy and learn how to just literally just learn how to apologize. Like just learn that. Cause she can't take accountability for anything, anything. And I, I mean, she got the critique consistently when the season first began that it felt like she was performing the art of housewives, but doing so in a way that felt disingenuous mm -hmm. and I could see that argument carrying over from the show to IRL in some ways it has certainly helped this season I do think we need a Jen-esque person in here because she has been at the center in fact the instigator mm -hmm. of so much conflict and chaos and also conversation and maybe the ways in which she doesn't want to take accountability has helped her in the world of housewives. I just don't know what to do with this person after this season because it does feel like on the reunion she doubles down. It just so happens that the difference between maybe accepting the finale is that now she has at least one other person on her side, which is Lisa, who during the finale was like, we need to give her a chance, which was such a weird turnaround for me, but also is something that I, I can own being okay not understanding because, you know, it sounds like Lisa got into that elevator in Vegas and saw a woman who looked to her to be broken and was like, I want to be there for you. I, I am choosing to want to understand you, which is a active choice that Lisa made. Um. Because sometimes I think like empathy isn't necessarily deserved if your behavior is shown other way otherwise. Yeah. But Lisa's decided to give her that kind of space to like potentially open up. And in doing so, it feels like they're doing it in order to, you know, be a team versus like 
maybe Heather and Whitney and like possibly mm-hmm. even in some parts Meredith. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to help the show. It's just like, wait, what's happening? I know. Like, it's like a zero to a hundred kind of turn for me. I know. And it's like, I loved this week's Atlanta because it was such a great comparison of like, Jen does stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like the way she reacts, it doesn't make sense. And that's why we all scratch our heads when it comes to Jen. But literally, LaToya did the same thing to Drew that Jen did. She swatted her hand. And then all the girls held LaToya accountable and were like, whoa, you crossed the line. You don't physically touch anyone. And then she went back and apologized to Drew. And then there was a tip for that, the argument, you know, and then she brought the wig to the table. That, and then she brought the headshot. That made sense. But what Jen does doesn't make sense to me. Well, I feel like with Jen, there's a genuine, there's an undercurrent of sadness that's, underneath all of the anger like the opposite of sadness is anger and sometimes rage Mm -hmm, right like mm -hmm. that's why for a lot of people like depression is the reaction to not expressing anger um and not communicating it for some people and um with Jen, I understand that there's sadness underneath but it doesn't mean she shouldn't be held accountable for everything else And I look at how some of that same behavior is being um, uh, shown on Atlanta and then resolved on Mm -hmm. Atlanta, which is with a lot of humor and a lot of light, which means that even if you don't love LaToya, Mm -hmm. you can appreciate the actual episode for what it was and certainly appreciate Drew's response. Absolutely. When Drew was talking to her about this whole like wig situation and then the lightness in which she was being passive aggressive to me was incredibly funny and very smart. Mm -hmm. And her response to bring, I didn't know in the trailer for the episode, what the fuck she had when she was like, I have a gift for you. I was like, that could be literally anything. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. But the fact that it was a headshot so that she could sign her name to a fan (laughs) because this person is giving her enough. I mean, that is genuinely funny. Like, the fact that everybody was giving her golf claps of mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is like a great, you like, you deserve the applause for this moment. And these are all seasoned housewives. You have like all-star housewives, regardless of how you feel about Kenya. Kenya is to me an all-star housewife. You have Portia, who's like the people's housewife. You have all of these, Cynthia mm-hmm. even, who mm-hmm. has, I don't know, failed up sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so she's like still there. Like all of these people are appreciating this wo- this woman mm-hmm. and her response and like essentially her retort, which I really loved. And with the Jen stuff, it's like, okay, I get why there's a darkness here, but also it's it's just a lot of darkness. Yeah. Where is the light? Yes. The light it, it doesn't feel like like what's the solution to this? I don't know that there is one. I don't know. I think this is who Jen is as a person. And I don't see that necessarily changing anytime soon. And it's like, what do you do with that? She's like a toddler. Like you can't reason with her. I mean, I've had, listen, COVID has done a lot. And I think for a lot of people, it's led to like a reexamining of relationships. And there was somebody in my life who was an IRL, really good friend who I considered essentially an older sister 
of years. And honestly, being at home where you have to deal with yourself and your relationships led to me realizing that this person needed more from me than I was able to give. And there was like a really kind of dark dynamic towards the end of our relationship. And I finally realized like I need to shut the door on this because it's not me in any way judging this person. It's just me understanding that there is a boundary that's being crossed that for whatever reason I don't have any tolerance for. And so my thing was like, I have to close the door. Like I can't give you a little when you need a lot. And I know I cannot be there for you. And I also know that like, I need to be there for myself. And if these things are in conflict, one of them has to go and it's not going to be like my soul. And so I had to stop it. And I look at Jen a little bit and I'm like, she's asking a lot of her friends and there may be people like Lisa who, and it's not a judgment on Lisa, but just to say there may be people who can say, I see you and I can be there Mm -hmm. for you in the ways that you want. But I look at her and I'm like, there is absolutely no way, no way that I could sign up for Mm -hmm. that without losing a part of myself as a result. Absolutely. She's yeah, absolutely. She's one of those people that like, she just sucks every drop. And you look, I look at Heather who I think you said this on your most recent breakdown on the brother breakdown on Instagram when you were and feel free to tell me to go fuck myself if I'm getting this wrong or uh, completely off but there was something I think that you had said relating to Heather and the idea that staying with someone who is toxic and thinking that that is not in and of of itself a toxic energy right is not great like to stay with someone and say like I'm going to stay with this person and I'm going to see it through isn't always the answer and it doesn't seem to be the case with Heather and Jen like you don't need to I get why she feels that she was why mm-hmm, Heather feels mm-hmm. that because she was dropped because of the divorce mm-hmm. and because of the culture that she was brought up in and everything else that can be triggering for her. And she doesn't want to feel necessarily like she wants to, you know, break it off with someone. But that's not a great example of like how you are lowering your own self-esteem as a result. Right. Like maybe the lesson is. If I have a toxic friend in my life, I have to decide or or not wanting to categorize that person as a toxic friend. But there's a toxic friendship taking place, right. like not to cast someone as solely toxic, but the actual friendship, the stakes, are the it's one sided or it's not an equal relationship. I need to let that go. Like you don't need to be with someone on the entirety of their ride if that voyage is not safe. Absolutely. And I found it interesting that her justification for, okay, so to me, she comes across as like severely codependent. And a lot of people, they 
Heather, right? Heather, yes. And yeah. they, they, like I was saying, they praise themselves for that. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm an empath. Like, I feel everything. I care. I care about everyone. I'm so concerned mm -hmm. with what everyone is going through. But that is, uh, you know, that was for whatever time period of your life, that was what you needed to do to survive. The trauma in your life mm -hmm. made you feel like you had to be hyper aware of everyone else's feelings. Mm -hmm. So then I found it interesting that the only reason why she was able to make a change when it came to Jen and, you know, set a boundary was, oh, well, I wouldn't want my daughters to do that in their friendships. So it couldn't just be like, I don't want to continue to be in this abusive relationship because she is accustomed to it not being okay for her to take care of herself. So then it had to be, oh, well, I'm doing it for my daughters because I wouldn't want my daughters to, you know, then be in a relationship like that in their friendships. And I found that very interesting because she still is not at a place where she can say, oh, I'm doing this for me. Like I'm removing myself. So there's still this like desire to please Jen and like, make it not about like oh it's not that i don't want to be friends with you it's just i have to do this for my daughters so that's what lets me leads me to think that this is going to go on and on this is going to keep going mm -hmm. on nothing's going to actually change i mean by the end of the episode they were like cool like oh give me your lip gloss like everything was all fine and dandy i'm like okay so where is this going i also feel like for heather a lot of her reaction to jen's behavior as you said isn't necessarily about Jen's behavior against her as much as it is standing up for Whitney. Exactly. You know, like it's not coming exactly. from the place of like, I deserve yes. more. It's coming from the place of I need to protect my friend who like, mm -hmm. as I think the cousin thing, like they didn't discover that until they were adults. Like, I think they were already friends at that point, but like my friend slash cousin, my fuzzin, whatever you want to call yeah. that. Like, it's like you, she wants to protect Whitney when it's like, there's, also the primary it, when you get on a plane if the plane is going down they tell you to put the oxygen mask on over your face because you need to do it first you cannot help the person next to you unless you yourself mm -hmm. are first protected and how many of us have been in friendships or relationships where we forget or choose not to put the mask over our own faces where we think that the most important thing is helping the person next to us when really you're not going to survive like the long game mm -hmm. of life and at least of your own soul self-care if you continue to exhibit that behavior because it's literally dangerous to your body. It's literally dangerous to your soul. You need to take care of yourself before you help other people. I think I honestly think that's one of the absolute hardest lessons to learn and I think think it's one that Heather's learning now and I get why it didn't happen before because of the situation that she was in I just hope that she gets that she deserves as much as her other friends do mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and doesn't need to be last in line right and that's why I struggle when people are like oh she's so relatable I'm like she's self-deprecating and she doesn't take care of herself she's a people pleaser she's codependent she's a she lets people walk all over her but she loves black men, but because you were accepted by white men in your life, so now you don't go to black men? I mean, I think the fetishization of black men is an absolute deserved critique. Yeah. Absolutely. When it comes to the codependent and internalizing stuff and, you know, having really low um, expectations for what a person needs in their life. I do find a lot of myself in Heather a hundred percent. Like there is a reason I want to say like, without being super highly critical to myself that my favorite 
if you want to call her problematic or whatever, but like my spiritual love has been in previous seasons, Shannon Bador. I think uh-huh. that sometimes when you ask someone who their housewife <laughs> is, who their favorite, it is a little bit of a window into their it soul. Is. And I found myself like empathizing with Shannon, not standing up for herself and like communicating effectively when it came to her own needs and what she deserved. And I see that in myself too with Heather as well. Mm-hmm. Like what you're talking about with the Wendy Williams doc, which hundred percent I now need to see immediately after we finish recording. I understand in my own IRL, like how many people haven't been through that yeah. work. The person that you exhibit publicly and sometimes even privately as someone who like, you know, has a voice and is able to talk about other stories and other couples and, and other relationships and isn't comfortable doing that in their private life. Like I a hundred percent get that. Mm-hmm. And with the Heather stuff, I see a lot of that in myself. And that's why I'm like, I'm like, Oh, okay. And you're getting better and you're learning. When I look at her story, I'm like, okay, well now I feel a little bit of hope for me and my own like mental health journey. I see it. No, I, I, I respect that. I do respect that. I honestly do. Who's your housewife? So we discussed mine. Because there's a housewife for everyone. Like you said, the housewife in there's, there's a housewife, housewife in you. You know, she speaks to yeah. the housewife in you. I mean, I I just this housewife, like she just is my my gold standard, and I don't like saying her anymore because like she's took such a dark turn ever since she's quit the show. But it, it's always been Nini. But ever mm-hmm. since she got fired, like the whole like boycotting Bravo and just like trying to burn the bridge mm-hmm. down, like just bow out peacefully. And I just hate that she's ending on that note. But I've always found Nini to be such a delight. Like I've just always what, loved her. What about Nini attracted you in the ways in which you potentially possibly saw some of yourself in her spirit? Um, so her story, like her journey, that what got her to where she is now, like I was so inspired by the fact that she like, has several mug shots. She had kids young, was a stripper, mm-hmm. living down in Atlanta. She's college educated, but you know, she struggled a lot. She marries this man. Like a lot of the housewives do, they marry these men with money. But not only did mm-hmm. she marry a man with money and then get on the housewives, she was a trailblazer. Like she perfected the art of the confessional. Like she mm-hmm. set that standard for, okay, this is your moment to shine. This is where you're gonna create a brand for yourself, your confessionals, because nobody can duplicate that. Only you can be that talking head and what the subtext is, because I live for the subtext. So what was going in between, or going on in between the dialogue? And to me, she was one of the ones that right off the top, like I just really felt like I knew who she was based off of like her confessionals and her wit and her humor. And she would just walk into any room and just shine. And I thought she was such a light in the beginning and she would talk about like her relationship with her family and how she's estranged. I just feel like she brought so much to the franchise. I don't think the franchise would be what it is without Nene Leakes. Like she is iconic. So I just, what I, I resonated with her because she at the time was really one of the only black women on TV. It was like her and then Tiffany from Flavor of Love. Like that were like the only real two queens that were like, on TV and a real housewife and not necessarily just like fighting, like, you know, cause you know, the VH1, there was a lot going on there with like the love and hip hop, but she was just like mm-hmm. thriving. She was like doing Broadway and TV and film and just doing everything that she had always wanted to do. So I just thought she was just so aspirational. Like as a black woman, I was just like, wow, we really could do it. Like when I was coming up trying to be an actress, the Carrie Washington got her show in 2015. Okay. So that would be like all the years before that, there weren't black women in lead roles on TV. And Nene was the lead of Atlanta. 
Atlanta was an all black show, but like Nene was a star, you know? So it was the first time I had seen like a black woman just be like a star in that way. So she's just like really spoke to the part of me that was like, okay, just being yourself is enough. Cause Nene is, you know, people will say, try to say she looks like a man or whatever. And you know, she's really tall. What? They say that they're like, oh, she look. Oh my God. People are so, they're so mean. Like they're even. so mean. And like, and she's so, and she's a tall woman too. You know what I mean? And she mm -hmm. owns her space and she's just like, mm -hmm. I just love the, the, just the, there's just a light in her, a fight in her. Like I can tell that she has overcome a lot and she hasn't let that mm -hmm. stop her from her dream. So that's a part of me that, and I, and that's, I think is why I don't resonate with Heather because she, comes from this mm -hmm. cushion, you know, like she married into money mm -hmm. and now she's on the housewife now, but like something it's like, I want her to break free from that mentality mm -hmm. that she has. And I haven't seen that mm -hmm. yet. And so the, mm -hmm. I don't relate as much to it from where I, I'm at right now. You know what I'm saying? Cause that makes complete sense. A hundred percent. Of course. So I'm trying to think of a housewife where I'm like, Get the fuck out of here. I know that there are some. I mean. Oh, there are plenty. I mean, Carrie can go. She can go all the way in the trash can. She can go fuck herself, number one. And then we can get her literally gone. Honestly. I'm so over her. She should be. I, I cannot imagine. Please. I'm honestly curious if there's anybody in this world who's team Carrie. Slide into my DMs. Because I, I do genuinely, respectfully want to hear your thoughts. Personally, I think there is absolutely nothing wor worse in this world than her behavior on the most recent episode. It was so frustrating to me to watch her try to mm. medical doctor shame someone oh my God. who puts her life <laughs> in danger during a global pandemic. And you're making fun of people who are even acknowledging the reality of it. I was like, at least Deandra came alive for a couple yes, of minutes to defend yes. her friend while everybody else shut the fuck mm -hmm. up. I, it is so wildly inaccurate and so deeply insensitive. And then she uses her daughter's anxiety, which had gotten to a point that sounds like it was uh, incredibly serious as a way to deflect against her own bad behavior and then say, she can't even acknowledge that Dr. Tiffany is having a different experience and an incredibly stressful one specific to the pandemic, she can't even acknowledge it. She has to minimize this woman by saying, oh, everybody else has their own shit. Like hers isn't more important than mine. I don't know. I think it is. I think that what mm -hmm. Dr. Tiffany is going through mm -hmm. is more mm -hmm. important than Carrie's, which we haven't even heard of. We've only heard about her daughter's right. stuff. I think if you're a doctor who's putting your life in jeopardy, and your family's lives potentially, the amount of stress that Dr. Tiffany probably goes in every day that's unrelated to keeping people alive and well, it's at a different level. I could I I don't have that experience. Like I'm not a medical first responder. I'm not a nurse. I'm not um, a person who works at a hospital in an administrative capacity, who um, works in a, a janitorial capacity. I'm not um, you know, a doctor itself. Like I, I'm not in any way a medical specialist. I would never in my life pretend that that is not unbelievably stressful mm -hmm. and traumatizing mm -hmm. 
the fucking PTSD that medical people working in the medical field and not just the medical field, but the medical field, for example, in this specific example, are going through that they are going to need treatment for for years as a result of COVID. They are putting their lives in jeopardy to hopefully save the lives of absolute strangers. And you're ridiculing that? Like, truly go fuck yourself. And then you're trying to accuse her of like maybe shaming you because English wasn't your first language when English wasn't hers. I know. Oh my God. It was so, it's so ridiculous. It's pathetic. And it's just like, as it goes on, you can tell she feels herself like looking stupid, you know? Yeah, (laughs) she should. It's like, girl, you're going to sit here and try to like have an argument with this Asian girl about being Mexican. Like, get out of here. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Also, how many terrible things can a person say in a period of how many episodes? Like, she refused to listen to the first full-time... Oh, no, wait. Well, she's refused to listen to um, a housewife of Asian descent in her first season who's stepping into a very problematic and tricky territory, knowing everything that uh, has gone on in the last few months prior to the start of recording with the Brandy video Mm -hmm. fallout and all of that. And you don't even allow her the space and opportunity to share her perspective. You are telling your cast member she doesn't deserve you if she doesn't agree with us that she is that, you know, Brandy is forgiven full stop and there's no room for anything else. You make fun of Dr. Tiffany for having a job and not being in a position where she can party all night long where she literally only has one day of not working one day off a week, which during a pandemic, one would think she wants to spend with her family, her loved ones, her kids, her own self-care, which P.S. her husband is a fucking gem for um, insisting that she understand that she herself deserves to, you know, love herself, appreciate herself, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't need to work. I thought that was great. I thought that was me. great. He was oh like, my God. you he don't have like to a- work full time. Like, no one's making you do that. Like, you can do whatever you want. Right. I love that. And they're in a spot financially where I don't think their lifestyle is going to change mm-hmm. a single second if she doesn't. And her dealing with her own guilt over her own ambition versus, mm-hmm. you know, her relationship with her mother and not wanting to feel like she's letting down her her parents and being in a first generation um, immigrant to America family. Am I saying that correctly? I feel like I've literally lost my words at this point. <laughs> but just like understanding the obstacles that Dr. Tiffany has faced, not only as a person in this world and doctor at the top of her game, but also as a new housewife. And you've tried to block her every step of the way. Like there's one thing mm-hmm. to not welcome somebody. Yep. There's another thing to just punish them for being present. And I watched that dynamic at Brandy's wine cabin party thing and was like, truly, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you need to humble yourself. I don't know if the plastic beads have gone to your I know, head. I know. I'm sorry that you're a successful jewelry company, which if you guys haven't seen the prices attached to her, and I'm a jewelry collector, it's 
wildly overpriced. She's not the first person to do it. And God, I mean, listen, you go based off the market. If you can find people that are spending $1,500 on plastic beads, like go for it, like live your best oh life gosh. and please teach me your talent. But like, she literally tweeted at one point, Tiffany, a picture of one of her weird necklaces with a snake on it and said, this would be perfect for you. Like, what wow. what went wrong here on your journey to thinking that you're a superstar? Because I think the majority of the Bravo universe is more than happy to bring Carrie with the K back to Earth. Oh, my God, I know. And they let her get away with everything. Like, she can say whatever she wants. They don't say anything. I think that it's because Deandra showed her ass last season being racist as fuck. Now it's kind of like she feels like she has this past, like... Look how mistreated I was last season, which it was horrible. But now that doesn't mean you get to come back the next season and just be a complete asshole. And then nobody wants to say anything because they don't want to be the one that's like coming after the Mexican. Like, I feel like it's a little bit of that. Wait, Deandra or Leanne? Uh, Leanne. 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 Sorry. Leanne. I, sorry. Yeah. Girl, sorry. No, there's stuff to hold Deandra accountable for. Sorry. Apologies. Right, Leanne Locken, right? The one that was calling her a chirpy Mexican, that bitch. Yeah, who said? Yes. <laughs> so I feel like she did her so wrong last season that now yeah. she's back. And they're all kind of like, they don't want to be the one to say anything to the Mexican woman. And then look like an asshole like Leanne did. Because they probably, you know, people, they think and say stuff. They may not have said it on camera, but because the way that they reacted when Leanne was saying that stuff, nobody flinched. Like maybe one person, one of them was like, don't, but most, the rest of them were sitting there quiet. Well, they all, they admitted they didn't think it was going to be shown during the season. They right. didn't think it was going to be okay. on camera. So I feel like maybe they're like, they don't want to be the one that says something inappropriate to the Mexican woman. So they're just letting her say whatever she wants. I mean... Carrie should truly take a second and like do some hardcore self-reflecting. And the I the the reality is she won't. The, I just I there are people who love Dallas this season, and I'm like, I honestly am like, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to whatever. I just she brings the show it. down. Carrie brings the show down yes. so much. Like so much, like without her there, like she, the sat, like every time she opens her mouth, she does like, she's not smart. She's immature. She's so immature. She's so deeply unfunny. And she's too. so she thinks, like jealous. She's such a like catty, jealous, like type of person. She's vindictive. She's vengeful. Mm -hmm. Her idea of having fun is getting shit faced drunk. And which, pressuring like, you to do the same. Right. And that's honestly not a place. I mean, like I don't uh, drinking has never been um, my thing, but I 100 percent enjoy a couple glasses of champs. And because I'm a super, super lightweight, like I can literally get toasted off for a single glass of champagne, which God bless cheap date. <laughs> Shout out. Swipe right. You guys, if you're on a budget, um, <laughs> but like literally and figuratively. But um, Carrie has such a distorted view of seemingly everything in this world. It just makes it tough to it's watch so because she isn't getting real pushback. Like the only seeming pushback that she has from someone not named Dr. Tiffany was Deandra this week, who then sort of understandably so had to like walk off for a second. Deandra herself's father died by suicide. Like, yeah, to not understand and be empathetic to that when you're sitting next to her. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was like an additional Stephanie has talked about her uh, challenges with like mental health. And it sounded like Stephanie knew more about the Carrie situation 
than Deandra did, but it also was being used as a shield in a way that made me honestly super uncomfortable. Yeah. And it wasn't Carrie's vulnerability to share. Mm -mm. It was her child. Right, exactly. Her kid, one kid is brave enough to share that on camera. Another kid obviously has no interest in it. No, whatsoever. That poor girl was like, I don't want to talk about this, period. Like, she literally didn't want to have the conversation at all. And then Carrie's like, oh, the reason that she doesn't want to talk about it is an indicator that blah, blah, blah. Which, sure, that may also that may be the fact. It might also be that your child doesn't want to appear on this show to begin right. with. Like, this kid does not want to talk about sensitive mm-hmm. stuff to mi- mil- million of people or hundreds of thousands of people, let alone maybe also her mom. Like, it just, it makes me, Carrie is like, honestly, one of my least favorite honestly like full-time one of my least favorite people she's the worst Uh, full-time one of my least favorite housewives of all time there's nothing likable about her you want to like her you know you're like oh yeah diversity no she's the worst and there was an element of the fact that great they are having um a a woman on dallas where english was not her Mm -hmm, first language mm -hmm. there's there's like a lot of, lot of validity to that. It was very powerful to understand her experiences as a woman, uh, as a Mexican woman, when you're talking about Leanne's racist slurs yes. that were aimed against her. Like there was validity and value and weight to that that is not seen on other franchises. Yes. Doesn't mean she's not also a piece of mm-hmm. shit. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm wondering how long they'll keep her around because they just want to check the box. You think that they would keep her around because there is an understanding of um, a genuine diversity problem on the franchises that are led by mostly Mm -hmm. white housewives? Mm -hmm. Because especially like after what happened last season, there was obviously no way she wasn't going to come back this season. Even if she like, Mm -hmm. even if it were very clear that she was not bringing anything to the franchise, she still would be back just because of that. And so now she's here this season and now it's the issue of, Oh, well, like, like everything you just said, why would they give up this opportunity to, to check this box? And I mean, just to even push back against something that I don't want to happen, they may keep her around because she genuinely is good friends with a lot of these women. Like she and cam are besties. I think that they are the two single most unlikable people in that cast. I genuinely think it's like Cameron. In my eyes, it's Cameron and um, uh, Carrie with a K right now. Yeah. And that might add value to them, Ugh. to their future, because they're, they're doing a podcast I know. I saw right that. Now. I was like, who in their right mind would put their earbuds in and listen to that? What are they? I don't know what they talk about. Like maybe I may I I can't imagine listening to a full episode. I find like they are the least. I have the least amount of empathy to those women. Mm -hmm. Like I I don't I don't know what their experiences are. I don't know what their stories are. I don't know that I honestly care. It would have to come to me as like a sneak surprise attack on an episode for me to be like, oh, huh. Like there's just no. There's no comparison Mm -hmm. to like them as housewives and the love and admiration and affection that I feel for Dr. Tiffany. Like if we're talking about like new housewives, new generation housewives, the two people that I feel myself like honestly falling in love with the most 
are Heather Gay on Salt Lake City and Dr. Tiffany Moon. Yeah. Tiffany Moon is saving that show, honestly. She is saving the fuck out of that show. And she is so funny. She's so witty. I look forward to her confessionals. She is wealthy AF, AF and I appreciate that about her. Like, we're not going to, this is not going to be an Erica Jane thing where in five years it's like, oh, that's where the money came mm-hmm. from. Like, these are people who worked their asses off for every single um, beautiful pricey jewel and bobble that she has. And I respect that about her. I love that she has not just a husband, but a genuine partner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who wants more for her than sometimes she may want for herself or sees that she has the ability to get it. Yep. And like the value of happiness. Are you kidding me? I know. Are you fucking kidding a me? Gym. Like, a gem. A gem. And who? And it's, I don't know. It like makes me sad sometimes that she has to be in scenes and communicate with Carrie with a K because this is a woman who has I would think no problem in her personal life walking away from this like this is not the complex or issue that you know you could see Heather facing of you know like what do I deserve I think Dr. Tiffany genuinely aside from her questions about like full-time part-time understands her value and her worth and like wouldn't fuck with carry with a k except now she's forced to film with her yeah. and i just wish i don't know it's like i i wish that she was with women who are more overwhelmingly supportive of her or at least understanding of her experience yeah. maybe that'll happen next season she's not going anywhere unless she wants to yeah i don't know that is i do feel that a lot i'm like i wish that more of them like appreciated who she is i feel like the only one that is what uh Deandra, Deandra, she seems like to be the only one that stands up for her. Everyone else just sits there quietly. Stephanie, I wish Stephanie would speak up more. Because Stephanie agrees with that. Stephanie, in in Stephanie's confessional, she was like, Carrie with a K is like completely wrong here. Like Carrie with a K. Right, but she never says anything in real time. She She just sits there. She's so anti-conflict in a way that I wish for her. I mean, I think she's been finding her voice. I just wish because the women have so much respect for Stephanie and because they know the value of Stephanie Mm -hmm. in the Bravo world, I don't think that they would push back if she was like, we need to respect what this woman is doing, which is what Brandy herself was saying until Carrie cut her off. Mm -hmm. It's a mess. It's a mess. It really is. And people are loving Dallas this season. And listen, I don't want to take any way, anything away from that. Like, if you're having a good time watching, like, kudos to you. That's genuinely great. I just, I, I just am, I, I, I just am not having that experience. Maybe they're just comparing it to last season and they're just thinking that it's just so much better now that Tiffany Moon is there. Like, cause, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, that's a very low bar. <laughs> last season was tough. <laughs> last season was tough. I mean, yeah, like upside. Like, have I taken a second to be like, it feel like, because I know other people have. I have not. So maybe I should take a second to be like, wow, it's so great that the energy, and I'm not trying to be a dick, like genuinely, wow, it's so great that the energy is, is in some ways lighter mm-hmm. because Leanne isn't in the cast. Yeah. Like, that's 
great. Yeah. And I'm just saying that out loud. I'm giving, listen, we all have to take a moment to like understand and appreciate the things that are given to us. And like, yes, that is true. There is a weight and a darkness specific to Leanne that doesn't exist because of her absence from the show. A hundred percent agree. Yes. It's just that some of this stuff feels so problematic to me. I know. Just as it a is. viewer, just I'm like, but this isn't entertaining. This is just frustrating. It really is. It's it really is. But are you? Oh, I'm yeah. enjoying Atlanta. Though. Are you enjoying Atlanta overall? I am, and I also feel like Atlanta. Any show that's airing during COVID or that was produced during COVID needs to be put in its own bubble. Yeah. Like, we just so happened to be watching Salt Lake City, which was recorded like a year before COVID. Mm-hmm. Like we, you cannot compare the two. There's a difference in production style, production value, access, everything else in SLC that is going to be very different from Atlanta, Dallas, and New Jersey, which I feel like is going to be great. You mm-hmm. know, this past episode of Atlanta, I thought was awesome. I genuinely thought it was super entertaining. I did too. And I think this season is important. What do you think? I loved it. I, I love this last episode. I thought it was, like you said, it was so fun. It was so light. The arguments made sense. You know, they held the people accountable that needed to be held accountable. I love the auntie niece little thing that oh they were God, doing. I love that. I thought that was so fun. And I love seeing Marlo, like, really open herself up to mm-hmm. Kenya. Like, I felt that it was genuine that she was like, why can't I get along with Kenya? You know, I liked seeing that side of Marlo, but Kenya didn't buy it, child. I mean, I love that Marlo was like, why can't we be friends just because you've gotten plastic <laughs> surgery that you won't admit to? Right. Like the way that she said that so fluidly as a part of the, where it's like, did that just happen? Like, was that, that was like, <gasps> she's so good. These are I know, like I love her. Legends. Legends. Like, this is the, it's like the Housewives Legends Ball. Like, Marlo is a legend. Mm-hmm. She might not be full time, but she is an executioner. Oh like, yeah. The woman knows how to properly end someone in a way that can be incredibly graceful. So good. That you don't even know the burn is happening until you're like, wow, am I covered in flames? Like mm-hmm. she is so talented. I'm so appreciative of her. But like, do you think where do you think she was coming from in that moment? Oh, I think that she genuinely was like, I don't understand why we can't be cool. Like, your butt is fake. Like, why does that have to be a point of contention just because I said that? Like, she doesn't understand the weight of it. Like, why is it such a big deal? She was like, people get fake asses every day. People get fake titties. They get lipo. Why can't we move on from this? Like, I think that she is sick of arguing with Kenya. I really do. And the whole, the fake, the plastic surgery, I don't think she threw that in there like, oh, I'm going to get her with this one. I think she's just like, it's matter of fact. Like, I thought it was a known thing. Like, it's very clear to me that Kenya has a fake ass. It's very clear. Oh, yeah? To me, it is. Because I've seen pictures of her. If you go back and look at pictures of her when she was like a model, like when she was in Jet Magazine, Mm -hmm. now it looks like somebody, like, it's like a blow-up booty. Like, they just, like, attached it to the back of her. And it didn't always look like that. But, like, just... But, you know, if she wants to keep her privacy, it's like, that's fine. But why does that have, why does the fact that, Marlo's just like, why does the fact that I know that your ass is fake have to be the reason why we can't get along? I mean, it's a valid point. You know? Because she's not going to stop saying it. Marlo's not going to stop believing that her ass is fake. (laughs) She's like, can we move on to something else? Also, Marlo warning someone that Kenya can, like, turn on you or whatever she said isn't to me i mean we all have our own Mm -hmm. like standards of friendship i don't think that's 
inaccurate. It's not. I don't think it's so. Why are we pretending? Why is Kenya pretending like this person is my enemy? Because I feel like she's just honestly being factually correct. I think also it's the connection to Nini because Marlo is good friends with Nini and Kenya hates Nini. Mm. Also, too, I was afraid for Latoya. Okay, so you know when they were playing the murder mystery game and and Candy Mm. and Tanya were the only ones that were playing it. And when I saw Latoya over there playing around and not following the rules that Kenya, I was afraid. I was like, oh shit, you're not listening to to Kenya. You're not following the rules because she's supposed to be up Kenya's ass. So I was like, oh shit, Kenya's going to come for her. You're not being one of her minions anymore. So I was like worried for her. She didn't end up, you know, doing anything, but I was worried that she was going to be like, how dare you join in with the fun and not listen to me. She also didn't listen to her about not doing the wig stuff. Kenya was like, don't do it. Like, not not during my vacay. Like, Kenya gives a shit, by the way, about keeping this weekend pristine when she essentially reprimands her uh, invitees for questioning why when she placed a takeout order, she didn't ask if there was anything that anyone wanted. And Candy is in your cast. (laughs) Who, like, when that cast was five hours late to Nini's house, house in L.A., it like didn't stop them from getting like fast food uh-huh, on route. Uh-huh. Like I would not mess around oh with that. And it is also incredibly disrespectful. So like, disrespectful. So disrespectful. So I mean, maybe Marlo is right. Latoya better watch out because if she doesn't fall in line, Kenya is gonna turn on her very soon. Marlo won line. I'd love to see that play. I would out. love. I would love to see LaToya and Kenya go toe-to-toe. Oh, my God. I would love that. I would love that. To see that stark turn left, you know, like she went from being like her her lesbian fantasy to now like her enemy. Oh, my God. I would love that. That would be – I would love to see how LaToya responds to feedback from Kenya and if she agrees with it and just goes a little bit quiet or changes her like strategy or if she goes in a completely different direction and is like you are not you don't need to need my guide in this process like i will do whatever the hell i want when i want i'm curious to i see. mean I don't think like, she's going to say, I can do whatever I want. I think she's going to want to stay, like, slightly connected to Kenya so she can stay on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But she did tweet out that she doesn't want to be on the show. She tweeted that. Did you see that? Yeah, someone tweeted her something along the lines of, like, I wish you weren't on or something. And she goes, me too. Yeah. Or something like that. But I don't know if she actually meant it. I don't know if she regrets it. I don't know if this right. is her acknowledging that she didn't have a good week on the show. It's odd to me. I do have to say that there was a lot of value in her presence through this week. And then maybe that was just as valuable because it gave Drew the opportunity to shine. But like, I need to see Drew now in every group interaction Mm -hmm. because her being siloed off. And I get why, because she had to quarantine and she had to go out of town. Um, I get why that happened, but it just shows that, like, we need Drew as a part of this group. Like, we're missing out when we don't have her there. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly, like, I could watch that scene of her and, like, the change in her voice and how, like, quiet she mm-hmm. got. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. <laughs> like, I really – I could watch that moment for the next hundred years uh-huh. and not be anywhere near done. I thought it was so – 
I mean, like Atlanta's a master class. It just shows mm -hmm. you Atlanta is. And don't count this season out. Don't no, count don't it count out. out. Don't count it out. Especially if you want a comedic relief, it's there. It's gonna be there every episode. Like I laugh every episode of Atlanta. I love them so, so good. Much. The reunion is going to be fucking bomb. Oh my god, I know. I know. Can you believe that was the first Zoom reunion we got? Oh my god, I forgot about it. Holy Crazy. shit. I know. Look how far we've come. Honestly, the reunions now, I think, are getting... I know we all are like, oh, this, that, oh, this eating. I I am in full support of a safe in-person reunion. Oh, yeah. As often as we can possibly get it. And I am so excited for whatever that reunion is going to be like. And they've been flying people to... Well, I think Andy has done both, where he's flown to a place and had them come to him. Like mm -hmm. Salt Lake City, they filmed in New York. Southern Charm, I think they filmed in New York. I don't know what they'll do with Atlanta. I don't know if they'll come here. Potomac, they filmed in Jersey. I, I assume Atlanta will come here. We'll see. I mean, I can't wait for it. I think we all deserve it. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be great. I agree. Listen, uh, Sasha, I die for you so oh much. Oh, my gosh. I die for you. I have to say, this has been obviously the best part of my week times a thousand this has been a complete joy Ditto. i i do want to get your thoughts we have a new segment on andy's girls called small business satchels which is a shout out to favorite beloved small businesses during this time of covid when small businesses i know we've all been hard hit but you know places that we love to go to restaurants bars stores companies Whichever is your fave, now is the time to highlight them and honor them, celebrate them. And guys, submit your small business satchels to andysgirlsshow at gmail.com because they can receive a shout out like a listener satchel will shortly or potentially a gratis ad on a future episode of AG and... I need to hear yours. What is your small business satchel? Tell yes. us all what you picked. My small business is a coffee shop in downtown LA, which we know I live downtown. It is called Bloom and Plume Coffee. It is black owned. Ooh. Black owned, honey. Yes. And it is delish. It's on Temple Street for all you guys. If you live in LA, it's on Temple Street. I live in the arts district. It's not too far from me. And yeah, it's really cute. You can go to their Instagram. Their Instagram is Bloom and Plume Coffee. And yeah. Oh my God. Black owned. What's your favorite? Love black owned. What's your favorite thing to get there? I actually really like, they have these, uh, these donuts, these gluten-free donuts. And so like, I'm not like, I don't follow like a majority gluten-free diet, but I try to eat as little of it as possible, if that makes sense. Like I try to save it for when there's like a place that I have to have. So I like to find places that have alternatives and they have a really yummy gluten-free donut. Oh, I love that. Yes, because they have, oh, that's so it looks like they have donuts from another place in LA, another bakery. So they carry that person's donuts in their shop, it looks like. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, well, guys, I'm going to include, what's the name? Have you heard of it? It says, yeah, and it says there's one in New York. It's called Aaron McKenna's Bakery, NYC. Oh! Okay, 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 okay. So they carry some of their treats in their, this coffee shop. Oh, my God. I uh, um, And, guys, Erin McKenna is uh, its own business, run, uh, its own small business run by um, a, a woman baker who makes vegan, soy-free, gluten-free 
something else free. <laughs> everything free. Um, desserts. Yeah, yes, everything free. Yes. Everything free. <laughs> <laughs> the actual pastries. Um, so you should check out that small business too. But I will include the name of your um, small business satchel in the show notes for this week's episode, as well as their social media handle and website. So guys, if you're in the DM, uh, I'm saying the DMV area because I'm looking at a satchel. If you're in the LA area, you should check them out. And also if you're not, but have a loved one who is, most of these places sell gift cards. Mm -hmm. So that's a nice way to give them uh, your support. And I have a listener small business satchel from Rihanna in I'm so sorry I'm going to fuck this up. Senoia, Georgia, S-E-N-O-I-A, Senoia, Senoia. No, I'm just going to say it over and over again the wrong way. Um, And Rihanna, uh, which is I'm probably also fucking up, her satchel is to Brave and Kind Books, which is a great children's bookstore in the Atlanta area. I haven't been there, but I have ordered online and they are pretty amazing. This is a black female owned bookstore. You can follow them on Instagram at Brave and Kind Books. Thanks for highlighting these small businesses. Also, their website is braveandkindbooks.com. I will include that information in the show notes as well. And my small business satchel is the company that I mentioned at the beginning of this app when I um, talked about your diamond for 45 minutes, which is a little shop in Brooklyn called Catbird, whose mission is to make beautiful, sparkling, responsibly made jewelry and more that will bring you joy now through forever. I'm obsessed with Catbird. There are two jewelry stores that I go to all the time for a little bit of love and a little bit of sparkle. One is Pippin Vintage in Chelsea and the other is CatbirdNYC.com. Catbird Jewelry on Bedford Avenue in Brooklyn. Uh, They are doing a lot of COVID responsible in-store guidelines, which you can check out on their website. Their social media is phenomenal. I get these little threadbare, teeny tiny little, they carry other designers, but I love, love, love their in-house brand, which is our, these very, very little teeny tiny, super thin gold um, rings. And I have jewelry. I have a little cannoli charm that I die for. I'm obsessed with them. Their chains are awesome. It is a small business um, woman owned and operated. I think two women started it, owned and operated. And, you know, walk-ins were a huge part of their business pre-COVID. So they are like many others, um, uh, you know, feeling unfortunate some repercussions of COVID. And if you're looking for some modern jewelry right now that's gorgeous, that I, you know, I've owned my shit and I, I am a monster with wearing jewelry and I will essentially like pound my arms against a wall just for kicks and they <laughs> are standing there. I'm like, I'm literally, I am the official test on me, which is why it's wild that I love vintage so much because I should not be allowed to wear it. But um, there's like, um, yeah, I highly recommend Catbird and, um, I have had interactions with um, the owner, Ronnie, um, through my time as a Catbird customer. And I, Ronnie or Roni, guys, I'm like fucking up literally every name. I'm so sorry. I'm going to mispronounce my own in about a second. (laughs) Um, And love them. So, guys, I'll include the show notes, the info about Catbird in the show notes for this week. Sasha, I'm such a fuck up at this point. I have no words. Hey, it's Friday. It is Friday. (laughs) It's Friday. And 
I'm feeling it. And you guys are listening to this episode on a Saturday, but you should be in a Friday frame yes. of mind every day of the week. Um, Sasha, how can people follow and support you and all things the Bravo Breakdown online? Yes, I am on Instagram slash the Bravo Breakdown and Patreon.com slash the Bravo Breakdown. You can subscribe to get my full videos at the $5 per month tier. Mm. Yes. You know, we love it. We love a Patreon plug. Always. We love because guys if you want to support your favorite content creators who are doing this and spending how many fucking hours a week i mean i am barely surviving at this point doing audio oh and you're doing fully produced gorgeously shot high gloss videos every week that are edited within an inch of their life they're so good thank you so much um, that costs i love that time. you said you said edited within an inch of their life i love that I mean, it's you're. They're very. They're like good. Yes. You need your editing skills for video need to be tight, and they are yes. tight AF. Like it goes very, very quickly, but it's also the energy is like very high energy, which Thank I you. love. I like to keep it tight. You know, get to the point, keep it quick and wit. You know. This is what I'm saying. Yes. Like, cut to the meat of all of yes. this at the end of the day as yes. you guys finish watching, finish listening to this 900 hour, because I just needed to spend 9 million hours <laughs> talking about diamonds for the 15th <laughs> time. Um, and can you give any listeners who are new to the Bravo breakdown just a quick breakdown of what to expect? Like, we're talking about video. Yeah, to yeah, show yeah. You out as, I think you're the first Bravo content creator, first and only, to do what you're doing um, because nobody else is using uh, the video realm and certainly not as successful as you are. And I love, love, love your vids. So Thank tell, you. tell the people a little bit. On Yes. Yeah, so on Instagram. So, you know, you can probably find like videos on YouTube where people do like mm -hmm. uh, commentary. But I guess what sets mine apart is that it is on the Instagram space and also that it is edited very tight. So you feel like you're mm -hmm. actually watching a show. And um, so basically each week I will pick a show. I, I watch everything, but because mm -hmm. each breakdown, I, may, I, I, I really like go through the entire episode. I, I really will just do one episode of a week, just depending on what, what, cause my bio is like, I break down the best moments of the week. So if I feel like the, the episode of Atlanta had the best moments, I'll break down that episode. If I feel like Salt Lake City had the best most iconic moments of that week, I'll break down that episode. So I kind of bounce around throughout the shows, but um, yeah, so really in about 20 minutes or less, usually I'll break down the episode and just mm -hmm. get my hot takes hot takes quote unquote i hate that word it feels like such a pressure to live up to it like is it really piping hot or is it just lukewarm oh my god you know the challenge i know right under yes every week. <laughs> guys appreciate her join her patreon sweet lord yes um so make sure that you follow sasha at the bravo breakdown and if you're able to support her through joining the patreon i highly encourage it and highly recommend it it's to me, like the single best way to show your support for a content creator, yes. um, especially because this content's being given to you for free. Okay, okay. Um, hello. Speaking of guys, exciting announcement. There's a new level that's been added to the Andy's Girls Patreon, the People's People's Couch. At long last, it is finally time for you to guest co-host on an Andy's Girls Patreon episode. You get to ask any and all questions about Housewives, Andy's Girls, Bravo, whatever you'd like. And if you'd prefer not to appear on an episode, choose the topic for me to discuss with the episode dedicated to you. Who needs a cameo when you can have a kiki with yours truly? That is uh, available exclusively on patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. There are two new Patreon episodes 
up um, that went up this week with another one coming up this weekend. Starts at $2 a month for your love and affection for AG. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes. $10 a month gets you four. And if you join the People's People's Couch level, the premium level, you get to co-host with me. So... There you go. And speaking of all things Patreon, for OGs of the AG, we're going to do a Galletines gab. I am a nightmare um, because (laughs) Salt Lake City needs to be discussed and more. And that will be Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thursday, February 25 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a Zoom AG Kiki exclusively to the Patreon supporters at OG of the AG level and People's People's Couch level. So join that patreon.com slash Girls. I love the AG community and I love this opportunity because it's been a chance for a bunch of AGs to see and speak to each other. They get to decide what we chat about. It's just an awesome time. Um, and I love it. So I'm excited to do a Galletines because I'm a nightmare once again. Um, special themed episode as it's Galentine's month. And guys, you can follow me on social at Dame Galley. What else is there to say? I feel like we we broke it all we down. Did. We did. Yes, we covered it all. We did. We covered it all. Guys, I hope you gave yourself a chance to pat yourself on the back. Why not do it one more time for good measure? Stay safe. Stay sane. Wear a mask or two or four. And we will chat with you guys again soon. Bye. Bye.